Welcome back, everyone. Although we're not technically back per se. Hmm. I'm just taking a break from my summer break, if that makes sense, to dig up an old chat I had with a friend. This week I'm bringing back an interview first aired on Radio Sega's The Manic Monday Show on the 26th of February 2018. The person I interviewed is Steve, aka OSC, aka Opus Science Collective. He is a longtime collaborator of mine doing music for Radio Sega shows, as well as being the director of one of the station's remix albums. He was also kind enough to do the amazing remix that serves as the theme song for the current season of the Sega Lounge and to allow me to use some bits of his works throughout different parts of the episodes. This is quite the interesting listen as it focuses not only on Steve's musical references and background, but also on how he got involved with the community. I hope you enjoy getting to know more about him and be sure to check out opusciencecollective.com for more info and more music from the man himself. Next week's bonus episode is again a bit different, so be sure to come back then for more Sega Talk. This week on The Manic Lounge, uh, it's my pleasure to welcome Steve from OSC. Hello, Steve. Hello, Casey. And hello, Radio Sega. <laughs> Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Or on the Thank radio you very much. Sega. Always a pleasure to be here. Amazing. So, of course, people should know by now who you are and what you do. So, uh, But mm -hmm. in, in very briefly, would you like to you know, share... Uh, with the people, some of the, the past works you've done and what you do around the community? Okay. Uh, I'm Steve. I'm from, uh, I, I put out music under the alias OS, uh, OSC and uh, I, I make noise with keyboards that sounds like video game music. And often that noise is replicating and sort of copying and reinterpreting old video game music, generally with a Sega, a Sega uh, leaning and uh, yeah, stick it out and then Radio Sega is kind enough to play it and help promote me. And then I've helped Radio Sega put together things for other album projects and stuff as well. So, yeah, that's, that's generally making lots of noise seems to be my <laughs> thing. And it's loosely Sega related. So it's, it's all good fun. That's awesome. Yeah, yes, of course. So people should be familiar with your work, but if not, uh, go to Radio Sega, go to our media section, uh, look up some Sega Lounge uh, episodes and some uh, other Radio Sega shows episodes. We play OSC music all the time, so that's that's something you should be familiar with. Uh, so, Steve, you obviously uh, have been around for a while. You we've known you for a while. Uh, you you've helped yeah. us with with stuff like uh, the Radio Sega albums. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. The yeah. last one, by the way, was was awesome. Good work on that. Thank you. Um, so would you like to tell us briefly about your, uh, you know, biggest influences when it comes to video game music, what, uh, inspires you and what inspired you to become a musician when it comes to video game music? Okay. Well, uh, video game music inspirations, um, the first sort of, well, the first console we had in the house was an Atari 2600, but that didn't really do music. It just kind of did noises and bleeps, but then we got a master system. And, and that starts to switch you onto things because some of those old Master System games had really cool tunes. Um, I mean, I, one of the first games I really got immersed in as a kid was Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap. And there's loads of really nice, pretty tunes in that. 
some really cool ones. Um, and like when you complete it, you get this extended version of the Dragon's Trap, which has got this like killer organ solo in it and stuff. And I used to do, used to do the code cheat and then and then get myself turned into Birdman and go straight to the final boss and defeat him, just so I could then sit and listen to to the tune uh, in all its entirety during the credit roll when it would list all the names of the bad guys. Um, so things like that. Um, and if oh man, it's something Sakamoto. I'll pull up my uh, iTunes. But um, yeah, he. That was one of the first video game music things to grab me. And then from there, I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog. It was just, you know, we, we, we leveled up to the Mega Drive in 1991 or 92. And uh, yeah, that, that was it, man. Sonic the Hedgehog just, just blew me away. And, and so many of the music, music on all of the, the, the Sega games around that time, and not even necessarily Sega exclusives, but games that were maybe better known for being on Sega, um, on Sega consoles. So things like Flashback, which didn't have a lot of music in it, uh, but the music it did have, like in the cutscenes and at, at choice points, important points and levels, they, they were they were just just brilliant, and and it used to blow me away. Um, and then my cousin, my cousin had a SNES, Ooh, Nintendo, and Ooh. and uh, you know after after spending a half term staying at my cousin's house playing on his SNES. Um, I decided I'd save up and get a SNES. So we ended up being a, a household with a Mega Drive and a SNES. And so I just had the best of both worlds. You know, you had the wonderfully sort of earworm compositions of, of like Koji Kondo, all the classic Mario stuff. And then I got the SNES that came bundled with Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Mm-hmm. So I had all of all of the Street Fighter stuff. So so realistically, I think my most influential stuff music-wise, um, and I've got, hang on, right, here we go, uh, Shinichi Sakamoto from Wonder Boy 3, and then jumping forward a couple of years, I'm just scrolling through my, my video game category in uh, in my iTunes <laughs> one moment. And then, and then jumping forward, um, we've got uh, on the Mega Drive, obviously we've got, uh, uh, Masato Nakamura. Uh, thank you, thank you. Okay. Yep, yep. And then looking at Flashback, because uh, that was a French-made game. It's it's got here credited a couple of guys: Pierre Andre Athane and Pascal Perino. I, I I don't know anything about these guys other than they did the music for that. Um, and then other titles on, on, on the Mega Drive, I mean, absolute no-brainer, Yuzo Koshido. I mean, it was just wicked. It, 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 would, it would really get you. Um, but loads of stuff on the Mega Drive just blew my mind. And then actually jumping forward from there, um, years later, we got an N64. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got the one that came bundled with Goldeneye. Um and you know who didn't have an N64 with Goldeneye? Um, <laughs> and just everyone knows the James Bond music inside and out. It's one of the world's most famous pieces of music. It's up there with the likes of Star Wars and Superman, you know. But every single level was a reworking of the James Bond tune. And what those guys did to rework, you know, rearrange and reorchestrate the James Bond theme tune so many times and to keep it sounding cool and fresh and, and appropriate, stylistically appropriate for each level where you're going from, you know, Siberian satellite 
research centers through to like Amazonian jungles. And you've still got the James Bond theme, but each time it's different and it's got different mood, it's got different atmosphere, pace, urgency, all this stuff. Really clever, really, really well done. Um, oh, uh, let's not forget F Zero too. Sorry, F Zero is another one that just <laughs> blows my mind. Um, it's just really, really nice, clever compositions, pacey, fast, energetic, but often with a, a sort of a hint of like melancholy about them. I, I've mentioned this before when we talk about stuff. I always loved the tunes that had a bit of darkness in them, a bit of melancholy about the melody or, or the, the use of harmony, um, which ties into all my wider tastes in music generally. You know, like whenever the conversation about who who do you prefer between Lennon and McCartney comes up like I'm a McCartney man through and through because he did that more lush kind of melancholy harmonies mm-hmm. and things like that so you know it's it, I've always had a, a soft spot for that which I think is why um uh, I've always leaned to like uh Streets of Rage 1 over Streets of Rage 2 for the soundtrack yes yes me too. do you know what I mean like me too yeah, yes, yes it's it's simpler it's a little more stripped down um number two's got got the kitchen sink you know it's got everything in it <laughs> and uh number one is just it's a bit more sparse it's a bit moodier uh some of the melody lines are more melancholic and yeah it mm-hmm. just, just just really gets you you know yeah. and number three is just mental <laughs> Yeah, know, no, maybe, no, number three is to Streets of Rage, what like uh, Miles Davis's Bitches Brew is to jazz, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and jazz was kind of on its course and then it started to get a bit clever and then all of a sudden, boom, that happens in 1969 <laughs> and everyone just loses the plot and doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and of course, you see, the other thing is, right, at that time, the music was elusive. It was it, the only the only place you could hear that music was when you played the game like if i'd been able to go back to like eight-year-old steve and say don't worry man one day you're going to have a computer and on it will be all the video game music you ever wanted you'll be able to listen to this thing over and over like that's like it was unthinkable you know it's not like a a, if you liked a a song in the charts on the radio you just went out and bought it you bought the tape or the the record or the cd um you could and, record and it. You could record it, but it was. You a, a, could record it off the TV, but like as a little kid, it was a little, a little hard to do. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and like man, it was. You know, this stuff you could only get it through playing. And if your game was good enough that it had an options menu or a hidden menu somewhere where you could go in and actually listen to the music, mm-hmm. just as the sound files, that was good in itself. But loads of them didn't. So if I used to play through things just to get to points, like I was saying with the Wonder Boy, just to get to bits where I could go, ah, oh, yes, here's that tune. And games where the music carries on playing when you paused it, man, that was <laughs> that was a <laughs> oh, that's yes, true. That's true yeah, that was that was a sweet spot. I think like Donkey Kong Country did that, so you used to be able to pause Donkey Kong Country and just keep listening to the music. I might be wrong there, but I seem to have a, a vague recollection of doing that. So you know, just yeah, man. Yeah. yeah totally it was video game music was a big impact but Excellent. then moving on i i sort of i i sort of forget that video game music was so i always knew that there were these games that had these cool soundtracks but you move on you, you're into other stuff in your life you i was studying music i was absorbing all this music from the 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s you know taking it all in growing as a musician and then it wasn't until it wasn't until I started dabbling 
in electronic music, which is really, really quite a recent thing. Like I, I trained as a jazz pianist. Like I, I'm a pianist by oh, trade. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. and and you know, all the time I was sort of studying through education and through university. Um, I was, I was very much about jazz and blues and um, you know. Anything that didn't involve synths, I was a, a real latecomer to synthesis. I didn't really get into playing with synths until I was well into my twenties. So, you know, I, I, I'm like a latecomer and an evangelist now. Like I convince everyone that synths are the future, and they have to, <laughs> they have to understand and appreciate synths. Because I, I used to be part of that fraternity of like snobby jazz musicians that look down their noses at all the, that electronic stuff. Like I didn't even like electric guitar at one time. I was like, nah, it's all noisy and twangy you know so um but out of like boredom frustration necessity uh i was at a point in my life where work and family life was placing sufficient demands on my time that i could no longer uh, spare the time to to go and do music with bands and things um largely because you know when you work full-time and then you've got a baby in the house the last thing you want to be doing is lugging equipment around and, and when you're stupid enough to take up the piano it's not exactly a portable instrument so you you end up with these massive flight cases with enormous keyboards in and, and you don't want to be doing that at 3 a.m knowing that a baby <laughs> a baby's going to wake up in 90 minutes and want like something you know so yeah um i sort of put all that on hold and then but still had the itch you know like i've got to be doing something and um you know, I was, I was working in and around music production anyway. And um, so I just figured, right, I'm just going to start making music with, with whatever I've got on my disposal, which at the time was Logic Pro, which is a software program. It's got a lot of virtual synthesizers in it and just started making things um, and, you know, sort of getting into the synth side. And then the more you get into synths, the more it's a slippery slope. It really is. Um, and and i found myself totally hooked and then when i was showing people what i'd made they were like dude it's like it's like video game music it's like old video game music you know and that sort of got me thinking i was like oh yeah it is it is it's like the video game music i was making i was listening to sorry when i was like a kid um and then that caused me to revisit video game music from my childhood and of course a lot of it's nostalgia and then a lot of it's things i'd forgotten and then games i'd never played but it's like man and you start looking up the composers and you see what games they work on and then you go and listen to those soundtracks and you you know it just ended up in this massive big kind of journey of discovery um and and that was one of the driving forces behind right i'm going to start trying to make my take on some of these games just because i love them and i want to hear them expanded beyond the technology that they were limited to when they were first made mm-hmm. um, because that's that's the thing isn't it right that essentially they they composed this stuff and then coded in settings for what the sound chips in the in the consoles would do and that was that and that's all they had um so i thought well i'm going to expand beyond that i didn't even know there were like video game remix communities online i've never heard of <laughs> overclock record i didn't know nothing for all i knew i was the only person in the world doing this right so i'm i'm just beavering away making some tunes right but and, you know, and, you know, and, and make- what's 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 interesting about that uh, is that you know many people most people i think start 
doing this because they find out there's like an OC remix or some other kind of community that, of people that remix video game music and, oh, I'm going to try my hand at, at this. But you didn't do it like that. So you, you started in a different no. way. So you started on your yeah, own totally. and then you found out about other people, right? Well, well, then I, I like made some remixes and then I was on some retro gaming forums anyway posted them like oh, I, i'd done some music <laughs> you know I did, I did this is based on streets of rage you know and uh it just happened to be that um sonic yoda do you know, do you know sonic yoda yes we do yes 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 so, friend, so, sonic yoda. he sonic used yoda. to host uh, the cyber razor cut so he's uh the, yeah, 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 that's the owner it, that's of it. sega driven yeah yeah well one guy was like oh my mate goes by the alias online sonic yoda this is on a forum right and he was like um yeah he, he, he he's called sonic yoda and he hosts this show on on radio sega i let him know and i was like huh <laughs> what <laughs> sonic yoda radio say what what is this right and then he goes and uh yeah he he played he played this tune on on radio sega and i was like what is what is radio Sega? <laughs> you know and, and, and started diving into that side and suddenly i know like this whole treasure trove of remix community and i realized that i was one man in a sea of humans making video game remixes and on one hand i thought oh no i thought i was onto something <laughs> I thought I was the only one. and on the other hand it was like oh thank goodness i'm not the only guy i'm not mad you know and so that was very cool and it's very encouraging so i was like right yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna churn out loads more i'm gonna make a whole album bah, 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 bah. you know a few months later there we go magic magical sound show and you know by this stage i found overclock remix i sort of put, posted a couple things there it's got a lukewarm response so i was like oh okay never mind you guys loved it so that's cool and you promoted it and listened to it and uh, that was very exciting and then and then uh one of the tracks uh the la i think it was the lava reef it won something i can't remember what but rexy contacted me one day and it, it had been voted something and i was just like oh my god and you know it was like <laughs> wicked and and so basically from from the very dawn of me discovering twitter and the internet in general and facebook and starting to post this these, these little things i've been hatching on my laptop um you know it's very early on radio sega popped up and became this kind of big thing on my horizon i was like okay here's a cool group of people they like sega as much as i do i thought everyone gone about sega you know um and i just discovered there's all this sega community and fandom then i discovered sonic fan art oh my gosh that's terrible but uh <laughs> yeah and there's just this whole like this this whole world this whole sea of 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 sega community out there and and what i found is that because obviously i don't just do video game music i do all sorts of things and and the the feedback and and the comeback i get from the sega community is so warm And it's so heartfelt. Um, it just keeps sucking me back in. It's just, just, it's just a lovely bunch of people to, to, to have, knowing that excellent, they're following me on Twitter. Excellent. You know. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> That's wicked <the> plan. Because, <laughs> because I post non-Sega related stuff, and I've got some people who will always hit that like button, re, you know, retweet, share the work. You know, they do that, but they've come to me through Sega. 
through the Sega remixes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and that's wicked. And I never forget that. And I always, and I always sort of honor that kind of grassroots, like Radio Sega was, has been a part of my online musical journey almost from the beginning. So, you know, I always make sure I, I, I stay true to that. <laughs> oh, that's keep awesome. trying to 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 tickle out tease out the odd extra sega remix here and there you know like i get busy with other stuff yeah always make time for it and that's great that's why we love you so uh (laughs) so that's awesome so we we just had a a little glimpse at your musical journey uh from from the very beginning Uh, so what's next for osc what can you tell the people what what projects do you have in store for okay well my EP that went out last year now, in, it went out on August last year. It went out as a free download, uh, but it went out on a label called Business Casual. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a label that just does Bandcamp releases, um, and they're all free to download. And the idea is it's just a nice – it's got a huge reach. It's a massive promotional platform. So you can go there and grab it free download anytime you like. Um, but it proved quite popular, um, much to my surprise. and kind of to everyone's surprise uh it actually it, it hit the number one spot for all of its hashtags when it first went out which was quite exciting in itself awesome. so it was like the, the most popular 80s and synth wave and vapor wave all that stuff and then recently Bandcamp got some exposure due to some french website and basically the whole of france when i downloaded stuff from Bandcamp, and that actually propelled my uh this ep which came went out last year all the way to number one on the whole of Bandcamp. So that was like ah, amazing. Like <laughs> I never thought I'd ever actually hit the number one spot on all of Bandcamp. So that was very, very exciting. But that, of all of the popularity and excitement around that, it got picked up by uh, a startup label over in the States. They're not been going long, uh, but they specialize in vinyl only releases. Um, yeah. And then later in the year, I've got a couple more EPs. Uh, not entirely sure on what the release date is around them yet. Can't say too much on them um, because they might be being released. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I can't say too much on them basically because the, let's just say the marketing and the release scheduling is not being done by me. Hint, hint. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly April, May time will probably start to move on that front it's got vocals on it uh took some old recordings that i did years ago and actually sorted them out properly to what they ought to be and they're going out and they're they're going to be fun sort of synth poppy stuff um one with male vocals one with female vocals and yeah that should be quite exciting okay so People should uh, just follow you on Twitter, Facebook. There's a mm. mailing list as well, right? People can oh. subscribe to. Yeah, yeah, the mailing list. Um, oh, maybe maybe we'll get you to post it on Radio Sega. But if you go to www.opusciencecollective.com, there's a, a nice little subscribe to the mailing list on the page there. If you do that, then whenever I've got something important to announce, I shoot a mail out to everyone in my mailing list and then you know rather than hope you're going to see an update from me on when you log into facebook or twitter you will get it land in your inbox for your convenience which is very civilized and 
21st century so <laughs> yeah the, the mailing list is is cool and and it's nice because and then you can just like email me back as well and just like ask questions or you know tell me to stop mailing you or, or whatever it is you, you want to <laughs> yes you, you can you want to subscribe do as well yeah of course that's yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah I, I get an email every time someone subscribes i get an email it says someone unsubscribed from you and it tells me who and I, I die a little inside but so you know if you want to contribute to, to that 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 slow drawn out death then yeah yeah i, I join my mailing list and then un unsubscribe from it no, break my heart all over, don't, you know. do that, Why not? don't do that <laughs> okay so steve thank you very much for coming That's back right. to radio sega um we're, we're, we'll be looking for uh for those those news those email yeah. updates on on your uh you know future projects steve we'll see you around for sure all right take nice care one. mate thank you thank you all right then bye bye the sega lounge hosted by me kc and part of radio sega's network of live shows and podcasts theme song and incidental music by osc find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to kc at radiosega.net. Follow us on Twitter at The Sega Lounge. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.